Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Creep Dive main. This is the main episode. We are the Creep Dive. I am Jen O-D-W-Y-E-R, one of your three hosts over there. You'll find Sophie White. Formerly known as Sophie Linehan. She's a best-selling author. And over there in the far distance, that's Cassie Delaney. <laughs> there was once a time when she was voted the most best under 30 in Ireland. It's actually twice. And um, it was so many years ago now. And But just here recently, you've been voted the most exciting CEO. The most influential CEO in Ireland for content production. As <laughs> 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 voted by CEO Monthly Magazine. There you go. We are a podcast where we're going to talk about strange, weird and wonderfuls. Today. today, All right. Okay. We get straight into it today. We don't have any more um, creeps of the week to update people. I have a bit of one. Oh, go on. I know it's annoying. Sorry. No, it's not. I received a little Instagram post right up our alley about a teacher. Now, I didn't ask for permission to say who this person was, so I'm not going to name names. Um, But I do have an Irish Times article from slowly slowly it loads <laughs> still not loading uh so the headline is while it's loading teacher who taught about serial killer sacked oh no no that is so something that would happen oh, to one of us isn't so it relatable. the I'm teacher is a creep the teacher must be a creep and i'm teaching a class later tonight and it could very well come up now hang on i still can't get into this bloody article here it is so it's from way back in 2002 a primary school teacher was sacked from his post in a kildare school uh this is a ruling about his dismissal was not dismissed unfairly so will i name names and the name of the school i mean it's in the paper it's in the paper so, uh, Gerard Moore of Lakeside Park in Nace took the case against Holy Child National School in Ballycane to court after he lost an employment appeal case on the matter last year. So, the story goes that 
uh, he was doing a bit on Dahmer. I was about oh to get Oh my God. Dammer. In primary school. In primary school. So how in, do you, there once was a man called <laughs> Dahmer. Like, how do you do that? So I'll tell you now. So he said there in his once evidence. There was a man called Dahmer. And he died with something up his hole in the slammer. Yeah. <laughs> he said he did, he did it. He did a project with eight-year-olds about the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> So, so that's not a passing reference that no. is digging in and obviously they were like well, why why mr moore did you decide to do and this eight year olds is first class or second class oh it's very young yeah uh and he said to explain why he had done it one of the pupils asked him to explain what cereal mel- meant <laughs> it was 1992 and at the time of the project there were no complaints Oh and he my. was dismissed in August 1999 after a lengthy dispute with the school board of management. And in his ruling, the judge, Judge Joseph Matthews, said the decision that the dismissal was fair was not about Mr. Moore's competence, but the fact that the working relationship, blah, blah, blah. But one, a creep, a creep of the show yeah. DM'd this week to say, we had been talking about Dammer as we always are. Yeah, and she, never she had this, yeah, she had this kind of faraway memory pop into her head. And the memory was of getting taught by this teacher. Shut in up. the class. No way. And oh she remembers. She remembers being God. freaked out by him, the teacher. And oh. look where she ended up. And look where she is now oh. in the in our bosom. He we have. We should thank molding him. Molding the minds of tomorrow and prepping them for liking us. Yes. Listen. Speaking of Dammer and how he simply is never far from our minds. I was trying on glasses for my new prescription yesterday and I was sending videos of the prospective glasses to one of my group chats and here now I'm sitting at a desk with my glasses consultant. Hi Alex from Specsavers on Dawson Street. You provided excellent service. Thank you so much. Here is me in a video trying on glasses. The series dropped and everyone realised who Jeffrey Dahmer was and I was never let alone on it. Oh no, like I don't even... What? Someone approach you and talk about Dahmer <laughs> apropos of nothing. No, these were the glasses I was trying and I said to Alex, are these a bit Dahmer? And they said, well they proceeded to say yeah. that about Dahmer and my friend Louise replied, sorry I'm dying that even at Specsavers... You're still still talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Also, she liked the glasses. Good. Do you good. think they're a bit Dahmer? Let's see those ones there. Oh no, they're gorgeous. Are they like? No, they're not. They're lovely. See, they're similar to Dahmer, but he they're lacking the bar across the brow. If they were like aviation, mm, yeah, they're yeah. not. They're just cute. Thank you. So I'm going to give you this cherry Papini story, but Cast, do you want to t- lead us in? Yeah, just I'm going to just plug this in. You take your little time there. There's a plug there. So we have been pl- we have been requested to someone tell the story many times. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> many, many times. Before we get into it, though, I want to talk briefly about. I got onto. Um, I was on like paranormal TikTok, mm. which is a it's a it's a, f- a fun place, um, and I saw this video of a woman and. In the video, she's like just talking to camera, and then in the in the background, you hear someone go Mel, and she's like, "Yeah, what?" And then she was like, "I'm on my own," <laughs> and then she's like freaked out, and she's looking around, like you can see it's quite genuine. Can you hear Mel? You can hear Mel, and she like instantly is like, "What?" Like it's so natural, 
And then a couple of seconds later, you hear someone in the background be like, Melody. And she's like, freaked out. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm here on my own. There's nobody else here. And she gets up and she starts looking. There's nobody else there, right? And then the comment sections are like, that's a mimic. Mm. So a mimic is like, the, the interesting thing about mimics is there's different names for these in different like languages and mythology basically the idea that there's a ghost who mimics the voice or the behavior of someone so in some in some mythology they call them obviously doppelgangers irish we have like changelings and then just they become wildly known as mimics so i was like i need to get into some stories of people who can mimics be visual as well as yeah yeah, so I've got this great example. So obviously straight to Reddit and was like, tell me the stories of, um, or like looking up people's stories. Um, so this woman shared on Reddit, she said around 15 years ago when both my kids were toddlers, I was putting them to bed one night and my son was adamant that he wear his favorite red race car pajamas. I happily obliged, helped him change and tucked him into bed. Then I sat down at the kitchen table with a friend who had come over to chat and catch up. The way that my apartment was set up, you could see my kid's bedroom doorway from the kitchen table. My friend and I were talking for a while before we were suddenly interrupted by the sound of my son screaming. We both turned and looked at the bedroom doorway and saw my son standing there loudly crying, wearing his green pyjamas with airplanes on them. Everything inside of me screamed that this was wrong. The hair in the back of my neck stood up and a cold shiver ran down my spine. My friend and I wordlessly stared at each other for a second. We both knew that my son couldn't change his pyjamas by himself. We looked back at the doorway and my son was gone. We ran into the bedroom and found him tucked in bed, still sleeping peacefully in his red race car pyjamas. My friend then asked me if I saw him standing there in his green airplane pyjamas and I confirmed that I had. She got so freaked out and left (laughs) and I slept on my kid's bedroom floor that night to make sure nothing had happened to them. Oh, I would get as far away from that kid as possible. So would I. Even my own. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, no, 100%. I've become frightened by my own children in the past. Oh, yeah. They could could get creepy at night when they stalk you around the house. And I've, you run from them. And we all know about Sonny and the man. Oh, the man, man. yes. The man, the man, the man is by the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that one really unpleasant so there's a couple of other examples of like famous um instances through history um one was from the famous german poet johann wolfgang von gothier in his autobiography poetry and truth so he said that while he was traveling around um the world to visit a young woman with whom he was having an affair he um at one point glanced up and spotted a man dressed in gold trimmed a a gold trimmed gray suit But as quickly as he looked up, the man had vanished. So several years later, while traveling on the same road, the poet realized he was wearing the same gold-trimmed gray suit he had seen on the vanishing man years beforehand. So he was his own doppelganger. Um, Or himself from the future. Yeah, just weird incidences of stuff, right? Then there was a 32-year-old French school teacher in the 19th century, and one day, while she was writing on the blackboard in the classroom, her doppelganger appeared right beside her. Uh, 13 students in the class witnessed, witnessed it. it. Their teacher's double standing right beside herself, copying each move um, she made precisely. The only difference was that the doppelganger didn't have any chalk in her hand. During the school year, the teacher's double was seen several times. The most amazing of these was when 42 students witnessed 
Emily working in the school's garden gathering flowers, yet her double suddenly appeared in a chair before them in the room in which they were sitting. Oh Ah. my God. Heads turned to and fro as they saw the teacher sitting in the chair and through the window at the same time. What year was this again? Uh, This is in the 18 something. But two of the girls approached the doppelganger in the chair, but they stated they felt a strange resistance in the air. Moments after their attempt, the image of Emily in the chair slowly disappeared. Then there's 42 more. people in the room all seeing the same thing. Yeah. Um, there's another one of a more, um, m- 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 a more modern one. Where I have it here. Oh, this one is freaky too. So this is another woman from five years ago saying that my husband saw my doppelganger in our hallway. We live in an old form- farmhouse and we had many paranormal and unexplained spirits, noises, etc., We've had paranormal investigators to our house and we were waiting on the report. Last night I was in the bathtub. My husband came into the bathroom to wash his hands and went back out to do the laundry. He was in the laundry room and looked through the kitchen and saw me in the hallway naked. He called my name and said she turned her face towards him and gave him a look like she didn't know who he was. Then she walked a ste- she walked in behind a column and then their son came out from the other side asking who he was talking to. My husband came into the bathroom where he was still in the tub and he made her swear that she hadn't gotten out of the bathtub. He said he was freaked out and for the rest of the night made her follow him from room to room and announce ourselves if we were coming into a room where he was. Like weird three stories. This a fucked up thing happened in our house two nights ago. And nothing it's a new house. Nothing ever straight. You're not freaked out by anything that goes on. And there's noises. It's, det- it's attached to either side. There's noises yeah. all the time. Someone could have died um, in the building. Well, well, impossible. I don't know. Like someone building it could have died, sure, as it was being built. How exactly. whenever. That's what I was saying. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. As it was being built. So I, it was, we, we, did we get home late that night or was it? Yeah, we were both in late, babysitter, both kind of pissed, went to sleep. I had this vague memory of loads of thumping, hearing, kind of like, mm. bye, 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 but not getting up, which of course. is classic. Great so, parenting. yeah. So in the morning, I got up first, went downstairs, and we have a massive mirror downstairs yes, in the hall. It's probably six feet high. Mm. And it's up on the wall, just a couple of feet, but it's mounted on the wall yeah. and it's heavy. And I have a seven and a five year, no one can, they're not yeah, going to be able to lift it. that. So I come down in the morning and the mirror's off the wall and it's leaning against the wall opposite. Oh. And I was like, all right, well, Dan must have, I don't know what happened. Like I'll ask him. He swears blind. It absolutely, he didn't touch the mirror last night and it was on the wall. When he got in, I got home first. My mum was babysitting. Mirror was there, normal. Yeah. My mum leaves. Dan gets in hours later, locked. He swears blind the mirror's there. Still don't know what the fuck. But it was lifted off its two Whoa. hooks. Yeah. Like, this is not and falling. placed, like, on a slant, facing and out. mirrors are traditionally portals to other realms. As they say. So someone was coming in or out. It's very strange. It's also, like, a mirror... Yeah. Yeah, because I have a double. A mirror is a doppelganger, if you know what I mean. That's like, true. Because I have cameras on the front door and camera in the back garden. So the cam- new camera. So the camera at the front door just showed Dan drunkenly stumbling in. Camera in the back garden went out between something like three AM and four th- four AM. It just dropped what? out. Yeah. Has that ever happened before? Yeah, it can happen. 
But you're just casually like, that's fine. My house is a portal to another realm and you're I just mean, chilling. It's a hell, just, a hell mouth. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, you can sense that as you enter anyway. I can't believe you didn't tell me this story last night when I was walking past this very mirror. I just kind of, we both decided it was really weird and you forgot about it. Happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, there is another one here, uh, again, more modern. I think it's 2005. Um this woman says, our friend Meg had a doppelganger experience at a haunted house she lived in as a child. Um, one night when Meg was a teenager, she woke up to the sound of someone putting away the dishes in the kitchen. She got up, walked into the hallway and peeked out. She saw the kitchen lights were on and assumed her mother was awake and putting away the dishes. So Meg crept down the hallway into the living room as she neared, and as she neared the kitchen, her mother walked through the garage door and into the kitchen. She stopped dead in her tracks when she saw Meg. Meg still remembers exactly what her mother was wearing, her favourite jeans and a teal sweater, and she recalls her mother looking tired and gazing at Meg as if she didn't realise who she was. <gasps> That's consistent across the stories. Meg asked mom what's wrong and her mother suddenly looked panicked. Meg reached out to touch her and as she did so her mother suddenly bent backwards <gasps> and then ran off down the hallway to her bedroom. Meg <gasps> ran after Sorry, her like this. Well like I'm assuming backwards. bent backwards like yeah. Oh, I don't like it. Her mother she found her mother asleep in her bed wearing her nightgown not jeans and a sweater. So she tapped her mother on the side to wake her up. And when she did wake, she was very tired and asked Meg if she was all right. Meg asked her mother if she'd been sleeping long. And her mother responded that she'd been sick at work, left early, came home and had actually been asleep for a few hours. So for whatever reason, Meg's moments in time and her mother's, the version of her mother that was in the kitchen actually crossed paths. Perhaps it was an image from the past playing out for Meg. And for her mother's perspective, the one that was in the kitchen was actually a glimpse into the future. The bending the backwards. The Well, that's going in a horror story. Here, Love that. Yeah, absolutely horrendous. And then I came across this interesting story, which I th- I'm pretty sure I've touched upon at a live before, but I'll remind you briefly. I think I did this when we were down in um, Shankill. And this is the story of Bridget Cleary's murder in the 19th century in Ireland. Go on. I would say you more than touched on this. <gasps> We've done this extensively, haven't yeah. I? <laughs> but Have also, you? it's a great story. I'm just going to remind you of it. Come on. So it's the it, this happened in... And I, it's a good, big growth for me to recognise that I'd done this story <laughs> before, right? And, and actually remember... to remember. Yeah, well. and to remember that I did I, the place where this took place. Your red flag is always like, I came across this story and I can't believe I hadn't found it before. <laughs> it's so me. And you proceed to tell the story for the second or third time. Maybe yeah. third, maybe fourth. We've been going at this a long all time. All our toxic traits is not Repeat, remembering previous Our own stories. stories. Well, on, I have something to say to you after as well, because, um, but I'll get to that in a second. Just to remind you, uh, this is a story about a 26-year-old woman called Bridget Cleary in 1895 Bridget Cleary was uh, lived in Tipperary she was unconventional in a sense in that she worked um, she sold eggs and she kind of stood out as, yeah she was just someone who was like independent which was strange for that time now she was married unproblematic girl boss unproblematic mm. girl boss um, just selling uh, you know aloe vera gel that, that you swallow and makes you younger um, <laughs> and workshops about workshops yeah and if you just bring <laughs> five more of people into it you, yeah. you get it so um 
Bridget was married to a man called Michael Cleary and Michael became obsessed with the idea that she was a changeling. Obviously in Irish mythology, a changeling is when fairies switch out traditionally children Mm. and replace them with another fantastic film starring Angelina Jolie called Changeling where she really should have won the Oscar and still to this day annoyed. They never recognise horror. It's a fucking conspiracy. Mm. So... um, what Except happened that time was, I was recognized. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you, an award-winning horror author. Um, so Bridget was intelligent, beautiful, independent, and uh, in many ways fit the definition of this new woman because of she was a dressmaker, a milliner, and sold eggs. And she largely could have supported herself, but was still um, still married to Michael. Together, they were relatively well off and stood out a little bit in the community because of that. And many consider them, you know, a happy married couple. They had met in Clonmel at the time. Bridget was 18, happy out, and then, uh, you know, had kids and married or whatever. So by the time Bridget was 26 and Michael was 27, though, things had taken a slight turn. He became... um, He became absolutely fixated on this idea that she had been switched out. And near their home was a fairy fort mm. um you know a place of mischief and you just you don't cross it's them fucking dangerous not, not to be fucked with you really don't you really should not never walk on one and never, never take a stone do you remember that story from one of our creeps he went on a date with um this guy from england who was doing a bit of building in the mm. locale and told her just kind of casually that They'd found a kind of a rock formation and that he'd taken one of the rocks and she was like, oh, well, I can never see you again. Oh, that's it now. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Like, no, I think their, um, their building work was plagued by... Um, Death. Well, I was going to say um, planning complaints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one day on the 4th of March, a Monday... Bridget returned from delivering eggs and was feeling unwell. She had like shivers. She was complaining about a a raging pain in her head. And over the next few days, her condition worsened. Um, So Bridget's father walked four miles in the rain to get the doctor, but the doctor couldn't come. Michael tried to get him again twice more. But before the doctor finally arrived, nine days after Bridget had fallen ill, he... Uh, he diagnosed her with nervous excitement and slight bronchitis. Oh, of hysteria. for God. A hysteria for the women. Oh, God. And prescribed some medicine. But her condition was significantly bad. Enough that the priest came and gave Bridget her last rites just in case. Michael became... How unnerving would that be? If you weren't dead. If you weren't dead. If you had just a bit of bronchitis. And you were also just like... <laughs> Come on. Whatever about not being dead, Stop a headache. Your <laughs> Next time you get the shingles, Cassie. Yeah, yeah, yeah the priest. The last right. Just to be sure. To Please be sure. do, actually. Send me off. Um, Michael was coming increasingly concerned for his wife's welfare and began to look for a supernatural cause for her illness and um, claimed that Bridget, the sick Bridget, was two inches taller and too fine to be his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That fine ass Michael's looking for an excuse. Yeah. And a local storyteller um, who was, uh, it was, was big, like the Shan, the local creep, Shan Key, the, like the, the big on mythology came in and said, it is not your wife that is there. 
So then Michael went to the local fairy doctor, Dennis Ganny, for Tiny wee a man, horrible was he? cure. So that night, the men and other men came to the house and pinned her down. And Michael <gasps> forced Bridget to drink this concoction of milk and herbs. And the piss of a thousand men. Yeah, in fact, it's like a really bitter <laughs> oh concoction. And he was saying, take it, you witch, or I'll kill you, take to drive the fairy out. They, they did. They threw urine on her, and they threatened her with a hot poker burning her forehead. Again and again, Michael questioned Bridget and was asking her, are you the wife of Michael Cleary? And she kept saying that she was. So she's she answering seemed, the fucking question, Michael. Yeah. Um, Jesus, Michael. So, oh yeah, Jesus. Um, she seemed to be wild, but by the end of the night, and forcing her to drink this concoction, and just like the exhaustion of it all, um, she seemed to be a bit more sedated. I mean, if we, people were throwing piss so at you, you would just lay down and be like, "Enough's Fine. enough." I am the fairy. What do you want from me? Um, but Michael was satisfied with the exorcism, and the next morning, for the first time in nearly two weeks, Bridget got dressed in her usual, usual fashionable clothes. Um. <laughs> So that she could go out and, uh, I mean, probably what just get the they fuck out. could have been in in the 1800s? No offence, Tim. Yeah, just so they can get out. And she wanted to have tea with some relatives. But when Bridget turned around and asked Michael for some milk, Michael lost it. Because he said, fairies are said to crave fresh milk. She said. Michael is at the greatest arsehole that ever lived. Yeah, he was just waiting. And isn't this, this is such a wonderful fight they have here. So Michael again is like on to Bridget being like, you're not Bridget, you're a changeling, you're a fairy. And she turns around and says, your mother used to go with the fairies. That's why you think I'm going with them. Which is just sucks cock in hell. A typical, I like to before we had any for international listeners or maybe this is universal but before we had any understanding of mental illness we used to say the people were away with the the fairies which just meant they were struggling and probably a little bit like in need of help and be like oh no they're away with the fairies you can't help them don't go near them nothing can help them now actually do the opposite of what you should do to someone who's struggling which is abandon them entirely and convince them that they're crazy convince others yeah Yeah. don't forget the piss (laughs) (laughs) so Michael grew like I like raged and um started forcing Bridget to try and eat several pieces of bread before he threw her to the ground and then he grabbed a hot stick from the fire and sat set the fabric of her clothes on fire <gasps> her fashionable clothes um <laughs> one of his one of his relatives was there and said for the love of god michael don't Why? burn your wife and he replied she's not my wife she's an older de- she's an old deceiver sent in place of my wife Michael, that's away, I mean, away with the fairies. The irony that Michael's having some mental illness. Oh, yeah. I know, but it's all on her. Now, yeah. sadly, setting her clothes on fire, Bridget died, did not survive that. And later that night, he buried her in a shallow grave about a quarter Lazy. of a mile from the cottage. Lazy. So Michael spent the next three nights Making waiting on, no, waiting up at the fairy fort. For what? Like for, for his the fairies real wife. to return his real wife. Yes. At any moment, he believed she would become galloping through the ring fort on a white horse. He cut her free. They'd return home together. You know, all would be well. But then, before that could happen, obviously, the authorities came. Oh, because he'd murdered his wife. Because he'd just murdered her. Yeah. Because there was nobody else. On on Wednesday, the 20th of March, the police arrested eight people for their involvement in British death. Yeah, because there had been people there the night before witnessing the abuse and there was presumably people in the house. Well, obviously, a relative was in the house the day that he actually set her on fire. 
So very public two-day trial in July 1895. This was like a big international story for the time. Michael was charged with manslaughter. Jack Dunn, Patrick Boland and four of Bridget's cousins also found guilty. God love her. Her own cousins. Yeah. It's just a bandwagon of excitement. But it was Not interesting because in back then. The, the, both Michael and Bridget were described as being very literate and well-educated people. So the, the, the kind of question was whether he truly believed mm. that fairies had taken her or whether he, um, he, he was having a moment. Yeah. He just wanted yeah. to, to kill her because she was this kind of independent new woman. Um, so yeah, there's a wonderful book on that by a fantastic um, historian who I know called Angela Burke. Ah. And it is called the, it is called the... For God's sake, Michael. Sorry. Is it called that? It's called The Burning of Bridget Cleary. Oh God, love Bridget. Um, by Angela Burke. Uh, and I'd say that's a fascinating read. Angela's a brilliant historian. Um, but my on a side note, yeah, uh, there is, I don't know if you've seen this. I was in the cinema. Um, I went to see Poor Things. Would recommend. It's a tough watch, but would recommend. Very sexy, is it? Oh no! Uh, no, it's so. it's not like it. It's it's not okay. She's got the mind of a child. She's got the mind of a oh, child. Jesus. It's it's kind of the first half of the film. You're about like you're like this is about pedophiles. Just really just men and just their their tendencies to take advantage of women. And then the second bit is kind of the enlightenment of. I see you're moving women. through her life. Yeah, she. It's very. It. I mean, she's fantastic. Emma Stone is fantastic, and it's well worth the watch. Um, but there is a new film coming out called. Wicked Little Letters starring Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman and it looks oh, fantastic yeah. and it's based on the real life incident of the English seaside town of no. Littlehampton where um, two women clashed over a series of sweary letters and not understanding where they were sent from. I've definitely done you that story. Don't I've done it like three times. Absolutely amazing. But and the film looks fucking sensational. And you posted, thank you by the way, you posted the bonus episode of De- the Desperately Ordinary Dave. Loads of people were in the DMs looking for it. I couldn't find it. So definitely Yeah, there. as we put it out there on the main feed. Because, because I think that documentary is number Netflix. one on Netflix. Yeah, and we did it better. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think the documentary made it clear just how desperately ordinary Dave was. Yeah. <laughs> you needed to come in with that. What's the doc called? Uh, stalker, lover, killer, lover, oh, stalker, yes, killer, yeah. killer, lover, That's stalker. giving Dave too much credit. I agree. Like yeah. it just absolutely yeah. is not I, I started no. watching the first half, like the first bit of it. And I was like, they are really complimentary in their lighting here and what yeah. the way they're making this guy out to be like to some be sort like of some stud. piece of... He's so, he's so so normal. So we've put that out there. Thank up you, on the feed. Okay, buckle in and let's return. Speaking of Netflix, right? The comment asking us to cover this case, which I we never covered in depth, but we definitely made reference to. Does the name Sherry Papini ring a bell? Not at all. Okay, well, this story definitely will. So the year, you know the. My recently covered the American Nightmare story. Yeah. yeah. This case took place the year, the same year. Uh, and Gone Girl came out two years before. Mm. So let's just place that in our collective psyche. And somebody wrote in saying, you've got to do this Sherry Papini case because American Nightmare is totally informed by what went down with the Sherry Papini case. Mm. So American Nightmare, you remember... There was kind of the police, um, Colonel Mustard, not taking 
this case seriously, believing the woman was not kidnapped and it was a hoax. Yeah, that she hoaxed her own kidnapped. Exactly. And there was all kinds of crazy details, like the kidnappers were wearing wetsuits. That's right, yes. Goggles? But it no, turned they put out. On her. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, she was telling the truth. Um, so let's deal with this case. Around the same time, in the same country, but not same state. So we are in 2016. And we are Northern California. Jesus, we're both in California, actually. So a mother who was, will become during this story, known as like the world's best mom, goes missing. She vanishes into thin air while jogging. So uh, let me describe her. What kind uh, of age is she? She is 34. Okay. She's petite. She has waist length blonde hair. Oh, it's a commitment. Blue, blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of Kylie Minogue-esque individual. Wow. Partially the reason that this garnered so much attention in the press is because she was... White. White and attractive and yes. looked like a kind of famous pop star. Yeah. And she was married to like a very handsome white man as well. So this is the timeline. She's... Um, uh, she... Goes off on the jog. Husband's gone to work. Kids are in childcare. Mm. Uh, it comes to the time when the kids need collecting from childcare. Mm-hmm. Nobody shows up to collect them. The mother usually does. Okay. Sherry. Sh- Sherry's a no-show. The dad gets a call on his phone and work from the crash. Look where Sherry. No sign of her. Will you come get the kids? He says, what the fuck is going on? This is very out of character. Highly strange. Husband beginning to panic. Calls his mum. Mum collects the kids. He goes straight back to the gaff. He's walking around the gaff. No sign of Sherry. Phone's ringing out. He's like, oh shit, wait a minute. I have that tracking app thing. Ah. It's 2016. These things exist. Yeah. And he's like, I'll locate her phone. So he gets a hit on his app um, that the phone is down the end of the driveway which is where all oh. of the post things are in the states oh, yeah, they have yeah, like the post boxes yeah yeah oh yeah yeah they're mailbox the mailbox so he goes down there to the end of the road and he's like there's her phone on the ground oh, not shit. only that she's wearing uh she's got the headphones in that phone they are tangled up around the phone and there's a clump of her blonde hair <gasps> very very visible oh. so what um, a what a detail a very interesting detail, and we know mm. that because he took a photo of the phone. Okay, I'm going to need to bring up visual references for myself here. He absolutely was immediately like, this is out of character. Sherry's been kidnapped. Right. So begins. I'm going to get like a, I want a proper timeline. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Line of events for us. Sherry. So it is Pepini. Um so Keith's the husband's name. He works in Best Buy. He's a nice guy. He's like a sound tech for Best Best Buy. And the date is November 2nd when Sherry disappears, vanishes. He finds the phone, rings the police. There is so much content about this case available to watch and listen to. You can hear this call. There are hours of video interviews you could trawl through. I went through a good bit of them last night. So anyway, back in the case, he rings the police and he's very obviously a person who is not, who is telling the truth and is sincere. Um, If you kind of relate this back to watching the case from American Nightmare, the case are unrelated, but it is, they're a good case study in comparison because they're identical individuals from the world's perspective. Mm. They're like middle-class, white couple, attractive. Yeah. yeah. Um, you might remember from American Nightmare, the husband gets interviewed and he, there, it feels off. Um, but and the thing is, right, and you see the clips in the documentary, he is reacting in exactly the way I would anticipate I would react if I knew I was innocent mm. and started to freak out. Yeah. Because he's like, I need a lawyer. I'm not answering any more questions. Exactly. Which is exactly what you would do. And that's, a, that's that case. Keith's the opposite. Okay. Keith's quite emotive, heart in his sleeve, no mention of a lawyer at any point. He's just like, My, what, we've got to find her. Mm. And everyone's on board. Mm. she's been kidnapped 100 percent it's what it's looks looking like so he is in with the police a gigantic search kicks off massive uh the family both sherry's family and keith's family kind of pool together a bit of dough for uh so they have about 10 grand 10 or between 10 and 50 grand at one point for kind of help a reward reward for information about her whereabouts um three or four days pass and this very unusual thing happens uh anonymous individual sets up a website something like www.findsherrypapini.com and puts forward a undisclosed amount of money for her safe arrival home or any information that leads to her safe arrival home so there's various interviews done like there's non-stop interviews from Keith and Keith's family and her family who are trying to get Sherry back and they don't know who this anonymous person is and also the family don't don't know how much there's some suggestion it's you know six figure amount but it's massive how so that's all ongoing uh consistent reports 2020 uh did a whole hour show on uh, with Keith interviewing him about Sherry he talks about like wow while she was still missing while she was missing while he talks about her him with they have two children yeah. they have a two year old or three year old and 18 month old and he talks about like bringing the two year old or the three year old around and he's like staring at pictures of his mom's picture you know missing and he's like hugging on it's really oh, really emotional and very frightening now so, I know this is a bit glib and just a very quick side note but they do look like good contenders for siblings are dating 
Glib. All the best couples do. They do. No, Jen, they don't. They do. He's a bit darker than her hair. No, but look at look at the eyes and the nose and the 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 mouth. mouth. Big old mouth. They have these really large mouths. Mm -hmm. Not to mouth shame. They actually have both of them have quite like big features. Who's yeah. big? Yeah, but like in a very attractive way. Oh yeah, they're 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 fine looking pair of people. I think Jen, in fact, could be the third sibling there. Oh, I think you. <laughs> so time comes. So it is. There's a big push towards Thanksgiving. Um, get her back for Thanksgiving. You know, they're just looking for things. And would you believe? Sherry appears. Comes to Thanksgiving. <gasps> Sherry. The lure of the turkey. It's, it's grim. So we're talking about a super busy highway. I think we're about 100 miles away from their home when reports start coming in from drivers along the highway that they're seeing a woman on the side of the highway Shit. trying to flag some car down. She Shit. seems like she's waving a some white bit of cloth. Um. Eventually, a man pulls over and you hear the telephone call that he makes to the police. And it's, I've got a woman here. Um, she is chained. She's in chains. Fuck. Sherry is in bits. Oh, God. Her waist long hair has been hacked off. Oh. Her, she has a very obvious broken nose and uh, uh, swelling and bumps oh, on her head Jesus. and face. She, we don't know yet what's going on underneath her clothes, but she's wearing clothes. She has a big, huge chain around her waist and attached to that waist chain is a separate chain that's attached to um, one around her uh, wrist. Oh my God. So she's in shreds. The driver picks her up. He's like, she's going to need an ambulance. She's identified herself as Sherry. Your man says it on the phone. Everyone's been looking for the the... What do you call the person who receives the call? Um, dispatcher? The dispatcher's like immediately knows that who they're dealing with and sends off a ambulance to go pick her up. Now, let's just set the scene here. She's 100 miles, 150 miles south of her home. Her home's in Redding, California. Uh, she is with the police at this point. They are... Treating her for her um, series of facial bruises. They are kind of working their way through her body, you know, trying to figure out if she's okay and what kind of state she's in. She's also talking talking? a lot. Yeah, okay. So she has, as well as being beaten, um, she has this very unusual, she has been branded on her the back of her right hand shoulder now what was interesting at the time was that they didn't release and they still haven't released what the brand was oh my god because it was going to become part of the investigation imagine it was dick and balls oh like yeah or that little s thing that everyone did horrendous guys Mm -hmm. awful glib okay so um that that's the lay of the hand and she's te- she starts to tell a story. This is a story she would tell for four years. <gasps> okay. She arrives back. Keith's over the moon. She's home. Aww. The interviews begin. What the fuck happened to you? Her story is 
she headed out for the jog as she had planned to do and a very large dark car screeched to a halt in front of her and she was kidnapped by two Hispanic women. And just broad daylight. Broad daylight. She goes into, she talks about being hooded for the majority being held captive. Sorry, she had been gone for 22 days. Jesus. She had also lost something like 20% of her body weight. She was a very slight person anyway. So she was fairly skeletal and in bad shape. Yeah. So she had, the story she begun to tell was the perpetrators were two Hispanic women. She had been bundled into the back of a car and been driven for miles and miles and miles. She didn't know where she was. She'd been turfed into a house. She'd spent her time in total darkness. She'd been allowed to shower twice. And she had no idea who or why or what she was doing there. Mm. She just, she talked weirdly. She talked so much. The, the interviews took place in the police station. But a ton of interviews took place in her home. Where they set up cameras. But presumably that's part of being like a victim, you know. I guess it's the trauma, yeah. Exactly, you're just going to go wherever she feels comfortable. And in each of those interviews, Keith was sat beside her. So she carries on to the story. So here she is back. It's Thanksgiving morning. She's She's back. She's in sweats, 34 years old. 150 miles south of where she had gone missing 22 days earlier. Bound at the waist by a chain and her left wrist was tethered with a zip tie. She had something called hose clamps fixed to her ankles. I'm not entirely sure what they are. but I think they're those like silver things that like, yes. you tighten with it. Oh, with sorry, the... with the literal hose. Yeah, yeah. but the um, uh, Sasha County Sheriff's Offer later described those clamps as pain compliance restraints. So the medical personnel also found that Sherry was, uh, she was then taken to Woodland Memorial Hospital to testify. Uh, and then they discovered the branding on her shoulder. And was she saying she'd been tortured? She was, yes. Okay. She, had say, she was saying that she had been beaten. And raped? No, no. Okay. Specifically, no. Okay. So she, uh, th- that was her story. There was no um, sexual assault mentioned in any of the things. And I think it was mentioned in a documentary I watched that she hadn't reported it. Okay. Um, so no is the answer to that. So the, obviously law enforcement took off and were like, right, well, we've got to find these people. Highly unusual, by the way, to first of all, kidnap a middle-aged woman. Although they thought for a moment that she... Could have been a young girl. Or mistaken. Yeah, yeah. From behind. And yeah. they were like, okay, well, if two females um, kidnapped you, this could be sex trafficking. Yeah. So that was their sort of angle initially. She, uh, where am I? They started to release sort of details of the case, some details, and immediately received o- over a thousand tips. And obviously they went to nowhere, not obvious, but the, no, nothing was kind of fitting. Uh, so the police released a couple of sketches of the female abductors as described by Sherry, but she had only their eyes, hair and sort of eyebrow area. She said they were wearing masks a lot of the time. So you've got two sort of, I'll just show you them to you there, two sort of pencil, pencil sketches of two women, oh one God, slightly very, older than the other. Very 90s eyebrows on the Massive left there. Mm-hmm. There, I don't know, will there ever be any regrowth? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any hope for that sketch mm. woman. But luckily, uh, those women don't, don't exist. exist. <gasps> so, the like, here's what happened. I, I'm not sure about the timeline of when they discovered this particular event. Um, but Sherry is a fairly complex individual. And as the story and time begun to roll on, uh, initially the police investigation was full force. This kidnapping event needs to be solved. We need to find out where she was taken. We need to find out who the fuck these people are. What was the intent? And why did they let you go? Mm. There was no, by the way, do you remember the bloody anonymous gigantic tip? So the second she got back, the website ceased to exist. And no money. No money. So they were like, well, if it was a ransom, like, would we not know about it? Yeah. Would the family not know? Like, they were also offering money. Yeah. So there was no contact made for, from the ransom. So they were like, well, it doesn't feel like a kidnapping in the traditional sense. So anyway, oh, what was I saying before that? The women. So the Oh, as so time rolled on. As time rolled on, we begun to kind of find out a little bit more about Sherry. Mm. Um, Sherry was described by friends and neighbours Life and soul. Okay. Super mom. So they're always the life and soul. They're always lighting up rooms. She, she was lighting no. up every fucking room she was in. Everybody loved her. Except yeah. her if own parents. You two don't fucking say that I lit up every room. I'll kill you. you can count but that's going to be your own downfall. Stop lighting up rooms. <laughs> yeah, take it down a notch. Yeah. So the mom uh, and dad hated her. That She had a bit of... There was a bit of trouble in her teens. She spent a bit of time... Sleeping in the school gymnasium. There was scraps. Nothing massively of a big deal. But there was like, we don't talk anymore. Kind of carry on. Not only that, but she had, as we all did, a MySpace profile. And she was a bit of a, she liked a bit of fantasy writing. Okay. She was a little literary. And they came across a short story of hers. All about an innocent victim. Getting bullied by the Hispanics. Oh, God. Oh, no. Right? Right. She just had a thing about it, obviously. She fucking know what was wrong with her. So they were like, this, look, coinkadink. We're not saying just because you wrote this fantasy story that you turn you this fantasy. Like, at no point was anyone suggesting that early doors. They were like, look, it just, and she, denial flat out. So you can watch this interaction. She's sitting on the chair in her family home and the police are like, well, look, we found this. Yeah. From your MySpace page. She's flattened. Didn't write it. Oh, didn't, didn't write it. it. That was oh, me. she just, it's like, that's the foolish thing. You could be like, oh, that's just a story. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's an unfortunate coincidence. Completely own it. Or I she know. could be like, the Hispanics found my story and they came and tracked me down as revenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She didn't do that. She was just blanket no. And you start seeing Keith shifting around in a chair. And you, as the interviews and the years rolled on, mm. you can watch what looks like a sort of an uncomfortable individ- man who is doing a bit of, like, it's, like, not only, like, Keith suffered greatly, right? Absolutely. He had two very small children, and he thought his fucking wife was dead. And the whole world was watching them. And it was Never mind. terrifying so event. So many people were probably pointing the finger at him. Abs- absolutely, Cass. And so, like, 
I'm sure over time as well, things got a bit draining and trying because the police, the case went cold. Do you think cold. at any point he was like, oh, Give you're up. back. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh. We've sort of buried you in the 22 yeah. days you were gone. We've sort of gotten into a bit of a vibe. He would have gotten a sense of what freedom felt like anyway. Jim. I know, but he loved, he loved her. Definitely. He was mad about her. They were like sweethearts. But uh, however, four years pass. Case has gone cold. Like, it's, it's an extremely long period of time. And it's also a long period of time to be asking the victim of a crime. Do you think she's sitting at home as well being like, oh, that's grand. Yeah. Like, he's probably like, should we not follow up on who those two Hispanic people are? Yeah. And she's probably like, I'll do it tomorrow. Because she's saying, I don't want them to get in trouble at this point. This is really interesting. So they get oh. a call from the police. And they have like, we need you both down the station. We've had a breakthrough on the case. Oh. Right? It's a long interview and they set it up. You can watch the whole thing. They set it up really interestingly. So Sherry's here and Keith's here and the two officers are across the table and they're both holding like stacks of paper. Yeah. So uh, the interview kicks off and there's an acknowledgement that it's been a long, long time, Sherry, since the events happened. But we have had a breakthrough and we'd like you to put your eye over some of these images, see if it kind of tracks. Because we think we found the location of where you were held. <gasps> they also tell Sherry that they've spoken to people who were in the house that she was held in. That have confirmed she was there. Now they're not letting any, they, they're, they, it's sounding still like a breakthrough on the case. Yeah. Like from Keith's perspective, he's, it, he grips both arms of the seats. He's arm, his fist is in the air triumphantly. He's like, yes, Justice. we've got them. You fucking cracked the case. Well done. And uh, they ask two or three times whether Sherry would like to be alone for part of this conversation. Okay. Sherry is tightening up in the chair. Her hands are under her legs. She's kind of nodding towards Keith, but she's not showing any kind of excitement. She starts, they, two police officers start to flip around pages and their images. And they're saying things like, is this, this looks like the room you described. They're bringing out the transcript of what she said initially. Because she described a room. Yeah. Like to the T because she was somewhere. Yeah. She described a bathroom. She described a table on which she was branded on, which was the sto- how the story went. They were like, these things line up. <sighs> and then the f- she's like, yeah, ooh, I don't know. It's been a long time. I'm not sure that's exactly, that's not really oh, looking Sherry. familiar. Right? Sherry. The two police officers are like, okay, okay. Uh, I should say at this point as well that she had had dna taken from her clothing Mm -hmm. when she arrived back she had two dna showed up a man and a woman but neither of them were a match for anything on the system okay so the police are like well we have this dna for future reference but right now we don't know whose it is uh will we continue so um the police hold that in their back pocket Mm. they're like okay sherry so you're saying you don't recognize this and you want keith to still be here for the duration of this. Oh, we have Sherry. more information. Mm, they're trying to save you from now, yourself, Sherry. Can I ask, how, do the police at this point know that it's a hoax yes. and they're trying to set her up? Yeah. yeah. 
They have everything they need. Okay. They're sort of waiting for a confession. Yeah. They keep saying like, this has been a long case. We've put a lot of resources into this. We have been down the road. We've interviewed. We have hundreds of hours of interview from you. It's been a really hard time. Sherry's shifting around her chair. Keith's like, yeah, it's been really hard. Like, where's, where are the women? Like, let's go. Let's go get them. <laughs> oh, Keith. I know. So then she says, hey, so we've got this DNA and it's a match for one of, we found a woman that it's going to match. This is the DNA that came off her clothes when she was found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherry breaks into, she breaks down. She says, I don't want this woman in trouble. This woman saved my life. Clever. She's like, uh, I, you know. Last night a DJ saved my life. She's like, no, I don't want to get her. Okay. Right. Then he's like, what about the male DNA? And then the police officer asks for a final time, Sherry, one last chance. Do you want Keith to stay for this? Oh, God. Keith is like, smelling a rat you can tell by his I know, body but Keith, language you would be if I was Keith I'd be like I am absolutely fucking staying in the room for this oh yeah it is all falling apart before everyone's eyes Keith's like God help him he had had four like torture and like you'd be driven demented Keith divorced her like a hot second after this interview <laughs> and you know exactly she, she had put him through the ringer however okay so the police say Keith you're staying for this, Sherry, you're all right. Yeah. Because we have the evidence now that we know the second DNA that we found. And Sherry's like, yeah. Yeah. Who it, I wouldn't know who it is. I don't, there was no man. And the, the police are like, okay, well, there is a man and it's James Rees. She was fucking him. He was her ex-boyfriend. Okay. So she hadn't seen James Reese in 10 years. There is no way his DNA could have been on there unless. This is what she did. Were they, wait, were they spoofing that it was his DNA or was it actually his DNA? It was his DNA. Okay. They, first of all, they found, how did they get to him in the end? God, what was the connect, connecting factor? Did they find a base of communication on her device with him or some lead? They rang him. Oh, yeah. And he spilled the beans. <gasps> she just said everything. Do you think he, he was, was like, just totally checked out and had him been following it? And was like, when asked about it, he was like, yeah, she was with me. <laughs> no, he, she called him. He was on a social media detox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, James, hi, remember me? Yeah. You always loved me. I'm in trouble. I need help. My husband's abusing me. <gasps> He this is so gone girl oh it's fully gone girl he rents a car yeah, james is neil patrick harris yeah of course tony award winning mm. he's renting a car he's driving 150 miles he's picking her up she's lying down in the back seat of the car and he's bringing her to his gaff oh my god now he has people coming in and out of the gaff he thinks he's protecting her Oh my from God. her his her evil ex-husband he is fully aware that there's a big manhunt for her yeah she is this is where trigger alert it gets a bit sketchy because she's hurting herself in a darkened room this entire time Jesus. Oh. she's coming in and out because the police officers are like she is in bits here like what did you do to her okay maybe we're trying to help but how did she get her nose broken he said she was begging she she had a, a hockey stick above her rim <gasps> of her nose and 
he, she, like he was complicit. Like he, 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 he admitted that he was like pushing into it. Oh like, and then they were like, well, what oh about this God. branding? But why, what is his reasoning for that? So that it, they made it look like the, the other, they made it look like her husband was abusing her so that she'd be taken more seriously. Is that the Cassie, logic? It's really strange. I think she didn't talk to him too much. It felt like when you listen to his, that conversation with the police are like, I know this was you. He was working a lot during that time. She was in his house. Um, he had people coming in and out. He lived nearby his family. His family knew she was there as well. And she was kind of coming out. She was, from his perspective, I'm projecting here, but I would say... He was like, look, she's going through a lot and she's processing. Do you think, though, it could be possible that she hurt herself before calling him and was like, my husband's abusive. That's what would make most sense. The injuries were not in line with that. Ah. So some were slightly older bruises, um, but also Keith... Like she had seen every, she dropped the kids off at daycare that day. Like she had nothing visibly visibly wrong with her on the day she was kidnapped in Mm. quotes. So he also said, there's a, it's a bit smelly, right? I will admit. He he was like, look, she asked me to like flick this hockey puck at her leg to create a bruise. And I did. But like he branded her. <laughs> it's not like. What was the point? At what point do we you don't think know. he we still was don't like. Know. There's a rumor that was some sort of um, Bible verse or something. Not a whole verse, but, but uh, like, something related Jesus to the Bible. Christ, because one of the, the theories. brand made specially? He said he picked it up at some um, hobby store. Like he went to buy it. He got it red hot. What? She was sitting opposite him. He was like, I don't want to do this. And she was like, do it. And she, he did it. it. It's still very, very weird. Jesus. So on and it's so, just it really just goes to prove the point that men do not ask questions well absolutely yeah. cassie but also just go back so back into our interview room and keith is hearing that she has been yeah the dna belongs to james yeah and, and that james has say. confessed everything that james has done a polygraph and it's all come back he's telling the truth now little did she know at the time that it, i don't think polygraphs are no they don't hold up do they but she didn't know that she refused to admit uh, still. And uh, Keith was like, I'm out. He must have smelled a rat to some degree. She had a kind of, I read something else about her as well, that she had a history of sort of spoofing about being abused by people. She, I think, had done herself a bit of damage in the face, head, neck and shoulders and had said it was her mother, for instance. But that had been kind of disproven. So there was a bit of, like, it was sort of an on-brand action. Mm. Whether or not, you can't get into her mind. She's not well, really. You know, she's not a well person. But this just went way out of hand. But this is mad. Like, how long was she with Keith? Like 22 days. No, 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 sorry. Oh, years. Years, like. Years. And, like, had children. Mm -hmm. And is, did she have a job? Like I all don't the kind know. of appearances of a normal life. She Fully. had a house. Full friendship gang, fam- close to the family, both sides. Like when, she, when she went missing, there was no shortage Apart of people. Apart from her parents. Apart from her, sorry, 
close to his family which she had went been missing. so full up on Sherry's bullshit by then oh my god they were just like I am we're absolutely tapped out mm-hmm. do you know though like god I so mean, this guy leaving the phone and everything gives it a real ring of truth because if I was going to kidnap myself mm. I'd definitely want my phone to, she had a burner phone uh, uh, yeah so she was missing the old scroll totally and it was 22 days like, so she had full oh, access grand, yeah. like she knew what was going on then again, the darkened room. So he was interviewed about, like, he just confessed everything. And he, like, people, everyone was like, well, who is this guy, James? And like, who, like what's the story? But if people spoke well about it, his uncle said he's the kind of person that would help anyone. He, I don't to know. To achieve anything. Exactly. It's no so strange. How bizarre the ends are. Look, he's just a chronic people pleaser by the sounds of it. Cassie, God love him. Exactly. Yeah. So then... Oh, God, man. Then it... We should play James Sherry Keith. Okay, Cassie's James. James Sherry Keith. I think I'm Keith and you're Sherry. Oh, yeah, I could do <laughs> Sherry. Yeah. And, and force Cassie to break my nose. I think I could force you to break my nose, Cassie. If it's what you wanted, your body, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, love me. Please love me. I'm trying to get up, like, what happened next? Because, obviously, there was bloody war. Because... The sheriff's office were like, well, we fucking have you now, Sherry, and you have wasted and spent all of this money and time. Uh, I was looking through what she eventually was prosecuted for uh, a couple of things. I'll get up her stuff here. But one of them was like mail fraud. And I was like, what the hell is that? Uh, But that actually came down to, so she received um, kind of a sizable sum uh, from the US government, it's like a victim's fund okay. mm. um, for, you know, counselling after the fact, etc. But that counted as mail fraud and also lying to, you know, police officers, wasting police's time. I, did she spend it about a year and a half in prison? Okay, the maximum sentence was five years in prison, $250,000. Um, I don't think she served an entire sentence. But that is, if you imagine... Gone Girl 2014 release, the movie release. Um, we're 2016 now and simultaneously two kind of cases are going ahead. Yeah. Uh, the American Nightmare case, I can't remember your one's name, and Sherry Papini. And they both arrive back. Do you remember? Like they both arrive home. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So how fucked up. So Sherry went on to, your man Keith um, divorced her and uh, applied for full custody. And Sherry so you know the was then arrested. Like four years passed. Yeah. Does that mean like that it all came out in 2020? 2022. Yeah. Um, it all, she was, I think, no prosecuted way. in 2022. Oh yeah, it was fucking years. Like oh the case had gosh. gone cold. She was gotten away with it. Until the amount of conversation she must have had in those four years where people are like concerned about her and being oh like, Oh my are you god, okay? the attention cast. Yeah. Oh my god. It was mouth watering, I'm sure. Absolute sympathy porn for her. Oh Jesus. god. All I, I what I wouldn't give for someone giving a shit about me. All you have to do is self kidnap. Is self kidnap and have one of your best friends you break do your nose. You have all the I'll do it for you. You do have all you're set up well for it. You light up a room. Got <laughs> blonde and white. Blonde and white. Middle yeah. class. We've got, we've pissed off so many people on the internet. Oh, I'm yeah. sure with this oh, podcast. God, yeah. Oh yeah. 
It'd be a good... Um, We've got any good. number of kind of internet sleuths to take the case on board. They'd rat us out so quickly. <laughs> they would... Uh, they, you, you, they couldn't, would just, you wouldn't fucking get away because you'd be creeped wherever you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of this, that's the long and short of it the I actually story. think I'm probably the best one to fake my disappearance because I'm not even recognising when I'm standing next to the two of you so like, <laughs> that's a lie it is you're not a so lie tall. no one can they your just, face we, were beyond the, we were up beyond the pale last year and someone the three of us were standing together and someone came up and were like are you Jen and Sophie from the creep type? And I <laughs> was like, standing there. they just yeah. thought that you your were face was out of focus. chaperone. Yeah. Yeah. You were just two kids. Your face was out of focus. You were just two kids in a Unless we forget the time that, the time that you guys were credited on the podcast for creating oh, the creep type. amazing. Who was that? Warren? Laura Whitmer's podcast on Laura podcast. Laura Whitmer's podcast on podcast. And she was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. She's a new podcast out about true crime. Did you know that? We obviously inspired her. Yeah, well, you two have. Laura. You <laughs> anyway, that's us. If you want more, you that know where to find story us. Was bananas. It's bananas. I'm and sorry a for special not thanks to Michelle so Barry. Sorry, for Michelle, alerting us to it. Yeah, you were right. It's As so you were good. saying it, I remember it from the time we would have worked. I think I would have covered that on on the briefly, but sometimes the news desk. Sometimes we miss things as they're happening. They just feel too current to do. Oh, the story hasn't been unreal. completed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so come over, find us on Patreon.com forward slash The Creep Die for fucking a thousand. So Four thousand other episodes. Bajillion. Three episodes. years of ep- three years of weekly episodes is at least a hundred and two. I think it's longer than that. Didn't we start it in twenty nineteen? Also, we Could should say years. that the patrons get gig release tickets early. They always sell them out. So that is the place to be. We'd it's love your perk. support. There's great chat. The comments box is mm-hmm. always. Bopping. We also just prefer them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.